good morning good afternoon good evening depending on which part of the world you are my name is anis masube i'm currently speaking from washington dc welcome to the opportunities for zimbabweans success storytelling podcast also known as ops for zim stories in this series of episodes we're focusing on success stories of zimbabweans that have been selected awarded or are current recipients of scholarship opportunities this could be locally in zimbabwe regionally in africa or globally which means it could be any part of the world we seek to understand and find out how people were selected into these scholarships what qualities are required out of candidates what tactics if any who told them about these opportunities all in trying to inspire or motivate one or two young zimbabweans who wish and hope to apply for partially or fully funded scholarship opportunities in this week's episode we speak with farai mujoma who is a current recipient of the mastercard foundation scholarship in this in the uk doing his masters but farai has also been a part of the african leadership university in mauritius the African Leadership Academy in South Africa, as well as working in countries like Kenya and Uganda. Let's head over and speak with Farai, who's also the founder and CEO of Shasha Network. Hey, hi, um, Mr. Farai Mujoma, how are you doing? I'm great, Anisu. Uh, it's good to finally talk to you in 2021. Thanks a lot for inviting me to your uh, platform. 2021. I, I, you know, I, I was very much looking forward to 2021. Still am because I mean it's still two weeks in 2021. <laughs> yeah. But um, there's a lot of similarities of 2021 and 2020, and uh, I don't know, man. I just hope uh, it will end at least a little bit better than 2020. <laughs> Um, how are you doing? Where where are you right now? Um, which part of the world are you? And um, yeah, what are you up to? What are you doing? So I'm currently uh, in in Edinburgh, where I'm attending the University of Edinburgh Business School, doing my masters in uh, entrepreneurship and innovation. So that's that's where I am at the moment. Masters in entrepreneurship and innovation. Mm-hmm. But quite like I, uh, it's interesting that when we went to school, now that I'm at my age, mm. 10, 15 years ago, I don't think programs like Masters in Innovation and Entrepreneurship were even in existence. Um, how did you find yourself doing these innovative and newer, uh, like, how, how did you end up here? Anyways, one more, we're like, I'm just trying to understand where were you? Mm. Well, so prior to to coming here, of course, I was working in Kenya as the deputy chief of staff to the CEO of the African Leadership Group. With the African Leadership Group, for those that don't have context in it, it's a, a network of academic institutions, universities and academies and early career accelerators, um, mid-career accelerators in, you know, across Africa. So we've got two universities in Mauritius, African Leadership University, and uh, another university in Rwanda, African Leadership University again. Uh, the one in Mauritius goes under African Leadership College, 
and with an academy in Johannesburg called the African Leadership Academy. That's for pre-university. So I was working with the CEO as his deputy chief of staff prior to coming for my master's uh, late last year. But back to your question about how did I end up here? Yeah. Uh, my entrepreneurship journey started back in high school, specifically, you know, formalized entrepreneurship, but I'd always grown up in an entrepreneurial family. I grew up in a farming community back home in Zim. Uh, my parents were running a poultry project at the farm and I was involved in part of the selling process of those things that we produced. So slowly I became interested in entrepreneurship, then moved to Marist Nyanga, uh, which is an all boys Catholic school. Uh, there I became part of the junior achievement program. So junior achievement is a, it's a program that is focusing on entrepreneurship that, you know, back in 2010, uh, what it was doing at that time was, and still up to today, is students form small companies within their communities and their schools. And they're supposed to present a big problem that they've solved through a business solution at the end of the year. So you compete at provincial level with other schools, and then you compete again at, you know, uh, national level. I was fortunate enough to be selected for that program when I was in Form 2 and grew through that program. Yeah, until, and when I was selected, I was a sales manager and I grew within that system until I was CEO. And the more I got exposed, you know, to, by the time I was upper six now, you know, we're going for seminars at Barclays, um, at JA head offices and just talking to CEOs. Just to wrap around the number of countries you just mentioned in where you came from to be where you are today. I mean, you are, you, you will travel already. And I know you're a young brother of mine, so I know how young you are. It's just immediately very inspirational and catches an eye to a lot of young Zimbabweans to like, just did you ever see yourself when you were still in high school? I can't even ask because you're saying by form two, you were already part of this junior achievement program in Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. And by A-level, you were already meeting with, um, uh, CEOs and being exposed to the business world. I can already tell you right now, before people listen, you you are a special, uh, you are a special child. So how can you also invoke that specialness? And what we believe in opportunities for Zimbabweans is, I, we think everybody is special, mm. and it's just how they find their special, right? How they find mm. their place. How you you know in a world full of like competition and opportunities and things like that. How, in your journey, mm. how much opportunities have you come across that makes you believe that there are so many opportunities for young people, particularly in Zimbabwe, regardless of <laughs> the current economic situation and setup? Like, I mean, we now live in a global world, um, and I think it's it's a time where we start to where we need to start thinking that there's Zimbabwe. And there is Africa and there is the rest of the world. And we do not exist in a closed box. I tell you uh, the amount of brilliant young Zimbabweans that I meet whenever I travel. And there's no country I've traveled where I've not seen a Zimbabwean. 
all the countries that I've gone to, I've seen in Zimbabwe. And these are people that... around. We used to make fun of Nigeria in a joking way. I think yeah. we're all over the place now. <laughs> yeah, you know, Zimbabweans are all over the place. And, sure, wherever you go, yeah, you go. You know, <laughs> and, and, and I yeah. think in Canada, and there's another one for Sciences Po in France. Amazing. Um, I mean, um, before, we're going to dive deep a little bit into the Mastercard um, scholarship since it's the one you are on right now, but mm. so many others to touch before that. Mm. I think you, you, you did mention how many sort of a plethora of opportunities are there from pre-university, even the not so conventional ones where someone just goes for A-level from five and six, mm-hmm. but go to sort of an academy like like the, uh, the Africa Leadership um, um, Academy or, um, you know, some of the schools that you were mentioning. Yes. Do we have this kind of schools in Zimbabwe? A Kuti, instead of going for O-level, for A-level, yes. um, you can go sort of to, you know, to an academy uh, that maybe you're doing a different type of curriculum. I know of one already. You mentioned uh, USAP um, mm-hmm. um, uh, being run by Education Matters now yeah. um, with uh, my mano. And um, we also hope to have her here uh, in one of the next coming episodes. Uh, I'm also a person who came to the U.S. on fully funded scholarships, but mm-hmm. I'm not a USAP, right? Yes. So a lot of people... Because USAP is so popular and a lot of it has taken, like mm. for the past 20 years, a lot of uh, Zimbabweans that have come to study on fully funded scholarship have, mm. have been from USAP. But there's also a ton that are not uh, from USAP. Also showing the point that you said, some scholarship are not just run through the embassy. They're mm. not just run through, you know, specific organizations. Universities themselves, directly universities, yes. if... And this is not just about the U.S., right? It's also in the U.K., it's in South Africa, it's in mm. Kenya, it's in China, Europe, in Australia. Mm. If you have a desire uh, to study in any country you think of, the first place you start off, Google universities in country A, B, C, D, right? Then yes. from there, you're looking at the programs, you're looking at the, every university has a scholarship or bursary or funding page. And you go there, you peruse through them, you'd be surprised. A lot of universities actually directly have opportunities for people. So I think what's key there is how did you find out? Like, I think that's, and that's one of the most, that's one of the reasons why we created this platform opportunities for Zimbabweans to Mm. try and help people. How, it sounds like they have so many opportunities. It sounds sounds Mm. like a lot and we can already tell um, you know, from the few that you've mentioned, how does one end up knowing about these things? What's the, like, yeah, how do you, how do you know about these things? I, I think uh, it's a very interesting question. The reality is don't expect to find these opportunities if you're not looking for them. They don't find you. That's just the reality. I, 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 I could repeat that statement. Um, yeah. Don't expect those opportunities to find you if you're not looking for them. Yes. Yeah. They, they, it doesn't it, happen like that. No, it doesn't happen like that. It, it, I, if it does, uh, God bless you. But it, it doesn't happen that way. They, they, they really, it, it really happens that way. So, I mean, this goes to way to talk about intentionality and proactivity. Yeah. Um, I think growing up, I've always been that student that 
I've always befriended students that are a stream or two or three older than me because they're always telling me what's ahead. And that helps me plan now. Because if you're like in form three and you're friends with the lower six or upper six, they're telling you, oh my God, I'm applying to go to college. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And you're befriending people that you know, okay, this is an A student or this is a student that has been doing extracurriculars. And you're sort of like seeing where their stories are going. Yes. Because alone in your peers, you might not have access to all this information. Absolutely. But if you are constantly seeing and following the spaces where, you know, you know that, oh my God, I have a friend that went to, and everyone has one or two people that they know went to study abroad. You go to those people, ask them, how did you go there? Yeah. And by knowing the first strand of information, it's like, I don't know if you've done this experiment before where you put fungi or you put bread in a, in a test tube or something. And then fungi starts as a small thing and then it grows and then it grows until it's a big mold. Yep. That's how accessing opportunities starts like. It starts as a very small thing. One, right? right? That one, you might be told, oh, you know, this opportunity is not right. But for you specifically, you're maybe a young woman of this particular caliber, you're into STEM education. There's that particular opportunity for you. Have you ever heard of comfort? You go to comfort, they're like, oh, have you ever heard about the UNESCO scholarships? Have you ever? And then it becomes a whole network and system of knowing where these things are. Yes. This information does not flow in general to everyone else. Look, you have to go where it is. You have to other opportunities that you were not looking for, right? Like exactly. you mentioned. Um, but it starts from within. It starts from you wanting to, to, to look for this thing. Then the next step, I think, becomes... Um, how important is it um, for young people like yourself or myself mm-hmm. that have found maybe passed through these places to go back and tell your young sister, your young brother, your cousins, um, what's our level of responsibility when it comes to that, right? Like, because you're saying... My, my little sister has to want it so bad. And we have had this conversation before, um, you know, where I, I, I know about scholarships. I, I Scholarships all over the world, right? Like I've been a part of programs in Zimbabwe, in Russia, in India, and now in the U.S. Um, and I've met so many people from all over the world that have also been a part of so many other opportunities out there. And I, I, I just, how do you make someone want something? Or should you even try to do that? I mean, the honest truth is, you know, you can always take the horse to the river, but you can never make it drink. Yeah. It's, or you can cast pearls to swine. I'll use a lot of, uh, pearls are valueless to swine, right? Yeah. You can go there. And, and, and I don't think that as, and I'm saying this now on this platform as a sibling, right? Yeah. Not everyone. Now, because I understand you might be listening to this and you're either someone that has a sibling that has gone abroad or you're the one that is is abroad and, you know, you have uh, younger siblings. It's okay to want them to be where you are and also getting exposure to the things that you're getting to. Yeah. But it comes a time where you have to understand that people are made differently. Yeah. And as you are born... Everyone has their own path that they have to follow. Um, your path might be to a specific place. It might be the education route. 
your other siblings path might not be that one they might not even thrive in the area or country that you are or abroad right so instead of saying you know there are these opportunities why don't you apply why don't you do this it's saying this is an option that exists for you and i am available to support right Mm -hmm. um but at the root of it it's saying what's at the heart of what pushes you or what you are passionate about Mm -hmm. or what you are you know interested in adding value to and they might say you know maybe i want to do fashion and fabrics but i want to do as a diploma then the reality is to then say as your sibling who's abroad maybe you do your fashion fabrics at the Harare Polytechnic or yeah. at University of Zimbabwe or with a local college. I, when you are now making your fabric, I will connect you to customers who want access to that fabric internationally or somewhere else. Um, because oftentimes, because we have romanticized the idea yeah. of going abroad so much, back home, we fail to utilize the opportunities that exist locally. Locally. Uh, because it cripples. Because we're like, oh my God, you know, someone is going, they've gone to school. Uh, but the reality is, you know, coming abroad and going to study abroad, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. It's, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. It's a disclaimer. Don't let people lie to you. Right? Yes. <laughs> it's a disclaimer. When you're, when you're abroad, the first port of call is you're going that you're going on an educational mission. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so even when you come for an educational mission abroad yeah. on someone's scholarship, mm-hmm. you might also be, you know, in a position where you forget that, okay, the thing that actually brought me here were books. Yes. Uh, and, and, and that speciality, it's very important, um, you know, to just wrap up on this particular point. There are so many things that, that can get someone access to opportunities abroad. Yes. You can be playing good sport. You can go for a sports academy, mm-hmm. right? You can be good academically. You can go for, you know, an academic scholarship to do a degree or whatever. Yeah. You can have a certain trade or skill that you possess and you can join an academy yeah. or a design school or an accelerator. Yes. All these are opportunities that are interlinked, but can take you abroad. So you as your person need to identify your story and where your competitive advantage is. Because mm-hmm. you continue applying for certain scholarships where you're not uh, the best fit and you keep getting declines. Yeah. And you think, oh, you know, God doesn't like me or my ancestors. My ans- yes, but are you looking for the right opportunity for you? Um, what advice do you advise someone who's still in school, someone who's still formed to like a young person like yourself, in terms of just starting to build themselves up, networking, and how do they find out about these local programs, accelerator programs, or you know, just programs to help them get mentored, get get to meet people, young fellow people like them that have done these kind of things, and just to inspire and motivate them as they um, continue in their journey of um, trying to find where there's a best fit for their talents. Mm. Honestly speaking, if you came to me at Form 2 and you told me about Network, I would, I would laugh. I would be like, what the heck are you telling me about? I don't care about this stuff. 
how is it going to help me? <laughs> I'm enjoying my life. I'm enjoying my best life. I don't know. Like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm just trying to figure out if I want to do sciences, arts, or commercials. Yeah. You know, it's still at a very, you know, diluted, diluted level. And the repercussions, they seem as if, you know, it's too far into the future. But you only have two years. And in the society that you live, until you get to all level, and then those all level results slips come, and you don't know exactly what you want to do, you end up in the wrong combination. First semester of lower six is always easy, right? It's always easy because it's only a few months. You just get your results mid-Feb. You've got a couple of weeks to do a syllabi. It's always easy. You take MPC. You come back for second semester, it's longer. You realize, oh my God, I didn't know what I want to do. But because, because you've got pride and because you're a human being, there's that ego associated with what you're doing. You remain in the trenches and you push with your MPC until the end. And guess what? You may succeed or you may not succeed, right? <laughs> For those that do not succeed, it's because you did not take a U10 earlier on. But even before getting a ride, the U10, you did not go into the trenches with the clarity on who you are and what you enjoy doing. I feel personally attacked, Farah. I feel very personally <laughs> attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you there you've done your mpc you fight to the end yeah. you don't get the right points you're looking for or you are there are people who are gifted you know even if they did arts commercials or sciences they'll still yeah. get 15 straight points yeah. or, or straight a's yeah um, and then you get your results but as soon as you get your results you're being told yes bus fare yes fuel will get into the driver's car go to nast use it wherever get yeah. a get a place and you have not thought through what you really want to do. So you're like, oh, you get to use it. You look at all the, the degrees. You're like, okay, I couldn't get into medicine. Maybe I want to do pharmacy. Uh, pharmacy, maybe now let me focus on, you know, doing physiotherapy or something. You are not thinking, right? Then you sign up for something. First year is usually, you know, a breeze. Second year, it gets hard. Again, you're back in that loop that you forgot in A-level. Mm. it's a breeze it's a breeze it gets hard it gets hard but again you know because sometimes you're resource constrained you can't tell your parents i want to go for a gap year to figure out myself yep, yeah. maybe the person who's paying your school fees is some uncle some way or your parents are literally saying look i've got you've got four other siblings we want you out of school soon yep. right so from from a, a developing uh context or a low-income country we yeah. understand that you only have one golden arrow. Mm. You have one golden arrow mm. and you cannot, that one golden arrow, if you shoot the right uh, place, it will open other doors. But if you miss it, yeah. it can be very difficult to go back. Yeah. You almost need a miracle. Mm. Because resources are constrained. Time is constrained. Mm. Mm. By mm. the way, we do take a, a quite a, an amount of time in school. Most of my peers in my master's program are 21, 22, wow. right? So kids in the Western countries, they finish school early, super yeah. early, yeah. right? And so they have time on their side. And sometimes the state pays for their education. So they've got money on their side. Mm -hmm. You, you don't have time. You don't have money. Yeah. So now you've got to start thinking creatively. But to beg to your question about it, how do we get young people thinking about these things and yeah. getting there? 
So part of the work that we do in my entrepreneurial venture, Shasha mm-hmm. Network, yeah. where I'm currently, you know, the CEO and founder, is we've designed an early career accelerator called the Bridge Program. Mm. So Shasha is Shona for champion. We believe, like you guys, that someone is special. We believe someone is a champion in whatever field they do. So you come to the Shasha Program, we don't tell you that actuarial science or medicine or finance is the way to go. Yeah. We ask you questions on what your values, interests, personalities, and strengths are. Mm. And that's just under one self-leadership module. Then we do mentorship. We do personal branding. We do storytelling. We do a lot of things. But what has made our program different in terms of how we've designed it is we tell students to pause and say, think about you. Because to even collect data, I mean, you need to have the systems in place to be able to do that. Yeah. So just begin with a computer. But yeah. a computer is, you know, closely related to something called electricity that might be power yes. or <laughs> hydro or whatever form. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then there's internet, uh, which is a whole um, um, another discussion. I think these mm-hmm. are some of the very challenges that are uh, at the core uh, for young people in the country right now. So how do they maneuver or navigate challenges, resources challenges? Mm -hmm. How does a young person get a computer? How does Mm -hmm. a young person uh, get access to a center or a place that is internet access that they can do an hour or two of -hmm. making an application or a phone call? Resource-wise, where do young people find resources? Look, I think on the issue of you know, the system, before I talk about the resources, if you have access to, you know, if you have access to opportunities, like, for example, if you have access to a particular opportunity and you know you want to apply for that opportunity, internet cafes still exist. They're still a thing. Yeah. Um, I typed my, my, uh, my my application for Anzisha after borrowing a friend's laptop. I literally told him, look, I need your laptop for two hours. I need to apply for this. Because if you want it, you will not fold your hands and say, oh, there's no electricity in my community. There's no laptop. Yeah. No, there's yeah. no, this. so I'm going to be stuck. Yeah. You're not yet ready. If, you, if that's what you're saying, it's, look, problems are always going to, arise right mm-hmm. um but there's something called compromise because we can paint all the scary images of how resource constraints we are yeah but the fact is no one is going to come and fix those problems for us anytime soon so does that mean that we wait or does that mean we compromise yeah uh, and i can understand that you know I've gone to certain rural communities where kids will walk 15 kilometers to school. They'll go to school. There's no electricity at the school. Mm-hmm. The teachers are under remunerated. There are no opportunities. That's, that's a special case. But if you're in an urban setup, which is close to an internet source somewhere yeah. or whatever, public have, schools, public schools uh-huh. you can, or even a church, Right, yeah, you can be you can even go and announce in church. Oh, guys, I'm looking for someone with a laptop, yeah, 
When people want to listen to music yeah. or when people want to watch a series, yeah. they know where to find the CDs. <laughs> they know where to find the... Or when it comes the, to, the, to an application... Uh, it's hard. It's uh, just hard yeah. when it comes to an application. It's not easy. You know. That's a very interesting point right there. You know. In fact, um, I, I always just wondered if there is maybe even a database of, let's say, uh, free internet hot zones in the country. Um, you know, whether they're tail one ones, I know tail one used to do that. I know I was in Mutare recently and um, I see people at Mutare Poly, Polytechnic outside, like there's a corner that people just go like, um, mm. and you see people outside and you're like, what are people doing there? And my little sister tells me, oh, because there's free Wi-Fi. And so I was just mm. thinking if there are places like that, that even every Polytechnic, every public school that is, you mm. know, just like maybe every Saturday, they open up the internet for the public and things like that. I think, I think these things are there already, right? Yeah. Like you're saying, there are schools that, you know, you can even borrow their computer to just type and stuff because yes. even our primary and secondary schools, they now have at least one or two PCs, especially the, the city ones. Um, uh, but it all boils down back to how bad are you looking for this? Yes. You know, I mean, look, yeah. If, if you're listening to this podcast yeah. and you're in that situation where you've been thinking, I do not have the resources. I do understand that some applications will say pay a fee for the application. That is a big challenge. It is. And, you know, sometimes if you say, if you're told we need 120 pounds or 100 euros for your application, definitely that's a big, that's a big challenge. Mm -hmm. Even if you have the money, sometimes in Zimbabwe, taking that money out of the country, it's another hectic scenario. So that's a barrier that I understand exists. Yeah. But if they are, for example, now the African Leadership University has been giving full ride scholarships to students under the MasterCard Foundation. Mm. I have a friend of mine, he had a small Huawei phone, small one, back in 2015 when he got that scholarship. Yeah. He applied to ALU using that small phone and you got a full scholarship. Wow. No computer. No, nothing. And you used to text on WhatsApp and send people and say, look, this is what it does. This is how driven some people are. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to be the guy to come and say, oh, you don't have a reason. Yeah. Or you, or you don't have a reason to not be applying. Everyone knows their circumstances. But yeah. the question that we want to ask people is, have you tried enough? Great. Have you reached out? Critical, critical. I mean, that's really profound and that's definitely the biggest lesson out of this particular episode. Um, You mentioned about the accelerator program you're having. Um, What age groups are you targeting? And um, talk to us a little bit more about the program, uh, the structure of the program and who is it for and um, when and how people should apply. So the bridge program is a four week intensive program uh, where we recruit students on an ongoing basis. Currently we are working with students from uh, we've gone through the bridge program from, you know, Zimbabwe, Botswana, uh, South Africa, uh, the DRST, Mauritius. Mm. And students apply on an ongoing basis every month. We have dates where students can join now we are working with the January court. Applications are open. Um, people apply on our website. We ask you three 
questions for the essays. There are three essays that you have to write. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the questions that we ask you before you apply is, tell us your vision for the future. That's simple. That's one in one line. Yeah. Then we have three essays that you write. These are digging deeper into who you are. Then after the application process, we do uh, quick interviews just to get a, an idea of who you are and what you do. Um, by the time you, you get there, we give you an offer and it's a charge program. So we actually charge $100 for the four weeks. But after that program, you are part of a, you, leave, you can leave the program, but you then become part of the Shasha network. Mm. So mm. then you have access to the network of, you know, mentors, yeah. the network of peers, yeah. the network of opportunities. Yeah. Because we do also run a fellowship program. So some of the students that then leave our uh, bridge program are on gap years and they don't have something to do. But we understand that when you go to college or when you are looking for your first internship, you need work experience. So we always have projects where these fellows then take central role in working on them. Mm. So by the time this young person was graduating and is going to their first internship, they can say, oh, I did, you know, data research for education outcomes in Lesotho because we focus on that. And already we've given them the research skills, we've given them the online collaboration skills, the very softer aspects of learning that kids don't get in school. Yeah. Uh, but though that's the, though that is for the lower junior age groups that we focus on, those we focus on 16 to 23 year olds. 16 to 23, that was going to be my next yeah. question. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a combination of people still in high school. We have like final year students from, you know, university in Uganda, okay. you know, sophomore students, in Botswana, and they're all in one cohort. Like they all work in one cohort because okay. all the information cuts across. Because the thing that we've developed, you know, we know that no matter what stage you are, they are going to be impactful. It's stuff that I would even, I even have to refresh myself, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 work on. So we 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 focus on that sixteen to twenty three year age group and open to global all over the world. It's open to anyone all over the world. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, great stuff. There you hear it. Uh, young people, particularly in Zimbabwe. I mean, like I say, um, it's our, our platform is almost as biased as they come like opportunities for Zimbabwe. It sounds like it's only for Zimbabweans, but the reality mm-hmm. of the matter is there's not even a single scholarship that we post on our page. That is only for Zimbabweans. Yeah. All the things that we post, <laughs> all other Africans are eligible to apply for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them, um, uh, people from all over the world are eligible yeah. to apply for them. And that's something I think people uh, also need to understand that, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a global thing. It's not just, yeah. you know, it, it, we live in that interconnected world, just like you were mentioning mm-hmm. before, and you need to start thinking and looking at things from that lens of like, oh, you know, you can easily be in the same program with someone from Venezuela and Japan yeah. And China and and you learn just and the amount of learning that happens in just being in the same room uh, with people from these different and diverse backgrounds changes your life. Our Uh, mentors also come from different countries and cultures and backgrounds, and I think at Sasha we do have a social mission, which is what we know is that you know for young people now, if you go to like an agent who says, "I'm going to guarantee you." 
to go to Poland or to go to whatever, yeah. they're definitely going to charge you $600 plus. Yeah. Without guarantee mm. of getting into college. We, we, st- we took a step back and we said, we don't want to be a program where we charge people to help you get into an opportunity. Yeah. Or, you know, Crimson Education is one of the you know, world-renowned programs. But it's still quite unaffordable for students from middle to low income opportunities to get access to those kind of programs. So what you've said is Shasha is students lack two things when they haven't gotten access to opportunities. First of all, they don't know the mindset. They don't have the mindset to be applying for opportunities because there's an art to writing those college essays. There's an art to being able to identify who you are and what we are giving them is a, is a, is a lifelong network of like-minded peers. That's why we published those 100-letter projects. It was our way of saying it's possible and there are stories of other young people to work from. But there's always a, 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 a peer mentorship aspect through learning. The people that help me when I'm applying for a college application to MasterCard or anything, they aren't 50-year-olds or 40-year-olds. They are other young people who are like, two years older than me or even younger than me. Mm, mm, mm. And what we are doing is we are saying we have created this community of people for you and we are going to put you at the center. Today, you can call someone at Oxford and say, how do I apply for the Rhodes Scholarship? Mm. And you have that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Three years later, after your, your undergrad, you're going to say, I want to go to Edinburgh University, but I know there's that particular guy that is under MasterCard Scholarship who is again in the session network. Yeah. How can I contact him? Yeah. So, over a long period of time, the network has become denser. Yeah. We've gotten more people, but we are giving you the tools that you use to apply for anything um, in the world. But most importantly, assist you to articulate your story because that's very important when we work with young people. And it's things that we are not given the time to focus on. That's amazing. Uh, that sounds really great. So what's the, the website that people can go to? Uh, www.shashanetwork, S-H-A-S-H-A network.com. You go under Shasha Bridge, press that button, it leads you straight. Example for story. And this is important for most Africans to listen to. When I went to the African Leadership University, I was supposed to come up with $24,000. I did not have that money. Wow. Does that mean that you're going to sit back and say, I'm going to wait for the guy that's going to give me the scholarship? What if they never come? Yeah. The next scholarship cycle was only available five years after and in my final year of grad, after I'd graduated. Mm, mm. But what I had to do, because in that moment, I knew that there was no money. I definitely talked to my parents and said there was no money. Mm-hmm. I asked myself, in this particular situation, you don't lose anything by reaching out to your program provider and saying, look, I come from a low-income background or I don't have access to resources. Is there a way that I can intern for you? Yeah. And get you access and, and, and get payment as I pay for this? Yeah. That's number one. Website. And these are tricks that you will not read on the website no, of no. any company. Yeah. Number two, you don't lose anything by reaching out to your community yeah. and saying, guys, I want to access this program. And your community can be your friends, yeah. your family, your relatives. teachers, relatives. Mm-hmm. If you are a hardworking young person with access to and people with access to community of people that are supportive and see what you're doing. You'll get help. Possible. You will get it. 
right? I, I have also been a beneficiary of that. Of exactly. course, I've got, I've got fully funded scholarships along the way, but I've also got partially funded. Yes. Somehow, maybe you need to pay for the plane tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe they're paying for everything, but only if you arrive in the country. And yes. I wouldn't have made it without that social support that exactly. support from, from family members who believe in you. And yeah, of course, not everyone has, has that support, but again, mm. You, yes. For people to support you, they have to see the desire, how bad you want that something, and you have to make them believe in you. Mm. It's not up to them to just believe in you. It's not. It's not someone's like, oh, why are they not helping me? It's not. Yeah. That yeah. Wrong to do that. It's and, not. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think as a social enterprise, and important that this conversation. My story. When I I didn't get into when I got into college, I was asked to pay twenty four thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. People are like, why, why do you want to go? But I wanted to go to all because of specific outcomes. Yeah, they're like, it's expensive. Why don't you just go to a why, Yeah, why don't you just do Pay 500 bucks. Yes. But I knew that as a young person, the onus was not to look at my parents and blame them. My dad was unemployed at the time. Mm. My mother is a civil servant. I cannot continue to play the victim card and not pursue my dreams because... I look at my old folks and say, but you're supposed to give me this, but you're supposed to give me that. Mm-hmm. That's not how the world works. And that's just the hard reality of looking for opportunities abroad. Yeah. So what did I do? The only thing that I heard was my ambition, my story, and a clear direction of what I wanted to do. And you need to be able to communicate these things to people if you want people to come onto your journey and support you. That's the same thing you do when you're applying for scholarships, again. Because they want to know, okay, you've got 10 A's. There are 100 kids with 10 A's, but only have five scholarships. Why you? Why you? Because it's not a guarantee. So why you? And honestly, I want to lie to you. I wrote an email to 50 people that I had met before. And I asked, I'm going to go to Mauritius. I do not have money. I need first go there. I need $8,000 plus flight ticket. I got 38 people saying, I'm sorry, we cannot give you that money. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we cannot give you that money. God bless you. Some of the people I was like, oh my God, you, you probably have this money. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but when yeah. you believe in what you want to do so much, mm-hmm. expectation can actually break you. Yeah. Those- and the person that you get to look in the mirror at the end of the day is yourself. And I went to college with only my school fees for the first semester. When I go to school, I applied for competitions. I continued asking for money. And I continued asking for money until the day that I closed the university door and said I graduated. Yes, but you did. Yeah, but but still it happened, right? But there are days where I could not sleep. There are days where I had anxiety. Oh my God, this is going to be the end of the journey. But I worked to a point where by the time I was about to finish and I, I literally asked everyone, yeah. the founder of my university was like, we are going to reach out to a, a, a foundation in Zimbabwe to support your work. And High Life Foundation paid for my final year of college. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So my, my challenge is do not, if you are passionate about something, yeah. sometimes your opportunity might not just come through free stuff. Yeah. The universe wants you to also put I in mean, your sleep. Um, we're just about to wrap up. I think some of the things that, I mean, it's, we, I know we can talk and talk and talk in hours and <laughs> hours, 
Um, but I know definitely we're always going to have more conversations and we're very curious and eager to learn the work you're doing with Shasha Network. Um, also curious and eager to see you in your academic journey. Now, you you know, starting from um, Marist and uh, Africa Leadership Academy, Africa Leadership University, and now uh, in Edinburgh and Scotland, on the MasterCard um, um, Foundation Scholarship. Um, a lot of people should check the MasterCard Foundation website because, like you mentioned, they have scholarships all over the Crystal world, in yeah. Cape Town, in Canada, in the U.S., and all mm-hmm. over the world. So just check MasterCard Foundation and their scholarship page. Um, what one or two last words do you have for young people in Zimbabwe right now, particularly those that are in high school and uh, university? What piece of advice do you have uh, for them that are looking for opportunities or that are just worried about their future that just don't, um, you know, see much uh, opportunity around them and they just feel uh, so scared and afraid of their future? What, what piece mm. of advice do you have for them? I mean, I, 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 I don't like to be the guy that gives advice, by the way, because half of the advice doesn't work. It usually doesn't work. But... I think what I, I want to tell you is know that whatever you want to do in life matters. It yeah. truly matters. Mm. And at the end of the day, when all is said and done and you're 40 or you're 50 and you look back to your life and you say, oh my God, I didn't achieve this or I didn't do that. You will have to ask yourself, what was my personal contribution to not achieving that dream? And in most cases, we like to point fingers. The, big, the first finger that should point, should point at you and ask yourself, am I doing enough to challenge myself, to develop myself, and to continue and pursue what I need? Our journeys are all different. Not everyone will end up going to study in the U.S., in the U.K., in South Africa, you know, at the U.Z. or NAST. But for the particular journey that you have been put on by your maker, mm-hmm. have the confidence to own it. It's yours. It's not your parents. It's not your communities. It's yours. So you have to be accountable to yourself and uh, all the best uh, pursuing your, your, your dreams and your opportunities. There you have it. Uh, thank you so much, Farah. I mean, um, we definitely are going to be posting a link um, uh, to to Shasha Network um, so that people can see the opportunities you guys have. And uh, we're also going to post um, uh, links to the MasterCard Foundation um, website and scholarship page. We're also going to post um, links to the Africa Leadership University um, as well as the Africa Leadership Academy uh, so that people, uh, you know, they can, they know someone like yourself, someone like them went through these things uh, you know, whether whether some of them were fully funded or some of them, uh, you had to write letters to 50 people <laughs> to ask for yeah. money. But, um, you know, uh, you still managed to do them um, mm-hmm. uh, because you had that, you know, that that vision, that goal that you knew it's something you wanted and you, you almost knew the benefits of it before you even did it. Hence, you, mm-hmm. you really said, I need this in my life. Uh, and we really like hearing those stories because we believe that, um, you know, hearing from, from similar people like you, it's important to have those kind of role models or just to relate, just mm-hmm. to be like, you know what, if that guy could do it, 
maybe if I try. Yeah, you have to try. Maybe if I try, you know, and we encourage trying and trying uh, until you get what you're looking for. Really, there is no other way. It's like you mentioned, it's not, it's, it's not just going to, things are not just going to come to you. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. So thank you so much. Um, we definitely look forward to chat with you and learn more about Shasha and your journey. And we wish you the best in school. Um, and yeah, talk to you in not too long. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. What an inspirational and motivational um, story and journey that Farai has been on. And we look forward to learning more about Shasha Network and about Farai's own personal uh, career trajectory. Thank you for joining us in once again another episode of success stories uh, by zimbabweans we've been recipients of scholarship and academic opportunities please join us once again in the next episode follow us on all podcast platforms we are all over uh, on apple on spotify on soundcloud um, and on anchor um, please encourage people to subscribe to our newsletter um, and be part of our database uh, it's opportuniesforzimbabweans.com www.opportuniesforzimbabweans.com If people want to reach out to us in terms of partnerships, collaborations or just want to share more opportunities with us that we can share with Zimbabweans please feel free to uh, reach out to us via our email info at opportuniesforzimbabweans.com but we're also all over social media uh, on LinkedIn Opportunities for Zimbabweans on Facebook, Opportunities for Zimbabweans. We're also on Instagram. Our handle is at ops for zim Same thing with Twitter. Follow us at ops for zim O-P-P-S-F-O-R-Z-I-M. And reach out as we try to build and curate this database of information, knowledge, um, and stories uh, in order to inspire or motivate one or two young Zimbabweans. Thank you. And... Um, Hope you will join us in the next episode. I'm out.